Welcome everyone into the Everyday Experience Podcast, the show called It's Probably You. I'm your host, LDP, and today we have textile and fiber artist, Kristen Ann. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. How are you today? I am doing so good. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh yeah, absolutely. I saw your work and I don't know how to describe this other than to say like it is the absolute perfect aesthetic. The way the way that the way that you build out your products, the way that you showcase your products, I think that you have done a really good job of creating this cohesive um, really fun vibe about you that comes out in all the things that I see you creating. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. This, um, my macrame has been such an outlet for me to like discover myself and really figure out. There's so many pieces I go into that I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I can kind of sit with my thoughts because it allows you so much time and just repetitiveness that you just, I don't know. I really feel like it allows me to discover who I am. Um, and it's just, you know, it, every piece is a new piece and it's like finding a new piece of me. So that really means a lot. And it's awesome to hear that too, because I think what happens for people who are in the creative space, you start to, I'll, I'll just kind of share for me, right? I've gotten to this point now where there's things that I do that seem like I already have the routine. I already know what I'm doing. So it's, it's, it's hard to keep yourself into that. Hey, like this is still brand new. This is still exciting. This is still creative because you get to a point where it's so second nature. And for something Mm -hmm. like textiles and macrame, where there is so much like repetition to it, um, what do you do to keep it fresh and to keep yourself going in that? Well, so, okay. So that's actually a wonderful question because one thing, um, I've really been in this place of being close to being ready to teach. And I know that it is so easy. And I see it all the time with macrame where you kind of get into this funk, like you no longer have any inspiration or motivation. And so the way that I would like to teach it is I think that you can break macrame down to kind of like when we were learning the alphabet, instead of trying to go straight into making sentences, like let's really focus on, each individual um, part of macrame, each knot. And then when you're in this place, it's like, I have no idea what to create. So square knots, that's like um, a fundamental knot. Let's just say, let's take a day to just make nothing but square knots and then allow yourself that space to just expand from that. Like you don't have to go into it with a plan. Um, And I think that's also like allowing, I, I feel like some of my best ideas have come from waking up and having this crazy idea that doesn't make any sense, but then going after it. And then all of a sudden it turns into this thing that you're like, holy cow, that actually worked out. Um, So I guess really just, you know, trying scary things, things that don't necessarily make sense, allowing yourself to uh, break each individual thing down so that you can really master those things because each little piece can go so much further, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes total sense. And I think that as I've been kind of exploring my creative side and understanding myself as a whole, uh, I've seen a lot of creators talk about this, where it's like, you should just do the same thing 
for like seven days in a row mm-hmm. as a part of your creative yeah. process like just try the same thing seven days in a row and what you're gonna find is you start seeing details and things that you might have lost track of or that again going back to it feeling like it's second nature you kind of just right. let it be but when you start to break it down you start to see some of the nuance and it can get you excited again absolutely absolutely no i mean it's, it's kind of like when you read something in one season of life, but then you read it again in a different season of life and you can just start to, I mean, your brain just does different things with it. So it's a hundred percent like that. I like that you talk about seasons of life, right? Uh, we go through these various <laughs> phases. I have been really, really diving into self-awareness and a part of that self-awareness is understanding where you are at any given point in time and where you're going. Yes. And what I liked about like reading through what you're doing and not just the creative side, but then the lifestyle. I love this quote, encouraging the lifestyle of living, right? Like, and a part of living is understanding the seasons, understanding where you're coming from. Um, And I saw that there's like, there's airstreams apart. So like, do you have an airstream? Like I need to, I, I I need to understand this whole airstream thing. Like I, I, I will tell you right now, I don't, I don't have a van. I don't do van life. But my YouTube, if you looked at my YouTube, you would think that I do van life, the amount that really? comes from my <laughs> algorithm. So can you talk oh. about that and uh, some of yes. the traveling that you've done and everything? Absolutely. Okay. So when I um, when COVID happened, I moved in. Um, I was living in Sulphur, Louisiana, and my girlfriend at the time was living in Sulphur also. Well, COVID happened and they're gonna shut down the borders. And so she, her studio was still back in Texas. And so she was like, hey, I need to go back. I, you know, she had an Airstream there. She's like, I need to go back for work. Do you wanna come with me? Went and we we never left. And well, (laughs) until recently. (laughs) But so we moved into the Airstream and that was, I had never in my life lived that tiny. That was a, culture shock. It was incredible for that season of my life. I absolutely loved it. It, and especially because, so that's when I started macrame and our space was 200 square feet of both living studio. We had two dogs, like you are right there. No, there is no space. And so it really taught me like, you do not need a lot to make a lot. Like you, you, I made one piece that was, I think maybe six inches shorter than our space was wide. Wow. And so just trying to like get that piece in there, but if you're going to do it, you're going to do yeah. it. Like you're not going to let things stop you, even your space being that small. <laughs> um, so that was incredible. And it was a beautiful season of our life. We really got to pour um, so much of who we were into it. And when you have that small of a space, you don't just bring in anything. No. Like things have to matter. It's all intentional. There's there. nothing but intention that has exactly. to go into it. Yep. Exactly. And we're both artists. So when we wake up, that's all we want to see is things that inspire, things that take us back to um, where we were when we were like feeling this moment so that we can, you know, stem from that moment, I guess you'd say. Um, but yeah, so that was that was our Airstream living. Now, the Airstream was parked. We didn't travel in the Airstream. Okay. Um, but because we lived so small, we were able to, basically last year, we road tripped all year long. And that was 
both inspiration and motivation all the time for us because we went everywhere from San Diego, we did Miami, um, we did Sedona, Albuquerque. It was in, and I had never traveled like that growing up. Like until last year, that was the first time I really started to see the world. And it was both a culture shock to experience. I mean, we both grew up in small towns. And so to experience so many different types of people just cohesively living together and allowing each other to like be whoever each person was, it was incredible. Like I owe so much of our travels to to what I got to put into my work. Um, but yeah, it was beautiful and we loved it. Now we have entered a different season of life where – um, I guess it was the beginning of this year. We kind of were ready. Like we had evolved and we had grown out of this space and living tiny was no longer functional. <laughs> and that is one thing I will say. If you live tiny, I love that for you. But once it no longer serves all that you're trying to do, it's okay to walk away from it. <laughs> it's okay to try so something different. Move into the next yes, phase. It's Move okay into the to next get season. out of that. Exactly. <laughs> So that's what we did. We got a much, much larger house. We both have studios here that are fit to everything we're trying to do. Um, we've also slowed down on our travels because we are in a season of being home and now taking our pieces and getting to create them um, for what we get to create for our customers for, yeah. you know, like in their actual space. I get to do that now for my space. Um, so it's, and you know, as much as we love traveling, sometimes it is exhausting. It really is. So it's a lot of work. It's nice to it, – it is. Yeah. It's so much work. And then with the dogs, and then, you know, you got to get back home, and you got to get back to this project. And so, yes, we will still travel, but we are okay with sitting still <laughs> for a while. Nothing but, wrong with that. Yeah. And I think that no. exposure <laughs> is so important and we don't talk about it enough. It comes up a lot on this show. And I and for the creative individuals, I think that there is joy in exposure. There is door, there's like a door that opens in the in your in your mind when you see how other people live. You see how other people take the same material that you have. This is what's really been good for me is when I look at a photographer or I look at an artist and I would look at how I would take a photo and I'm in a space that I'm not familiar with and I see how other people are doing it. And then when I go back home, now I want to try some of that. Now I want to try some of those techniques. Do you feel like that was really beneficial to you while you've been out? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Especially. So being in a small town, we, I shouldn't say we don't have a large art community um, because there are so many like almost hidden artists amongst us. Um, But to go somewhere where it's not hidden, where it's just oh, it's everywhere you're turning, there's this, yes, oh my gosh. And even things that aren't like um, more of natural landscapes, getting to see, wow, like that is, if I were going to take that view and turn it into this, like I can do that for me, you know, yeah. but then other people look at it differently. It's just really amazing to see that we can all look at the same thing and if you just allow your brain to do what your brain wants to do and not what they are doing you create two completely different images and it's amazing yeah i think it's empowering too because part of the reason why 
I like bringing on creative individuals is because we were talking about this offline, the ability for someone to have representation, for someone to see that, hey, this person who came from a small town, who decided to take this chance is being successful, they're finding their way. It's really encouraging for somebody who is where you were to be able to feel like, right. oh, I can do it. I can actually make that happen. So it's it's great to bring on people like yourselves because you represent uh, the future. You represent what's yeah. to come and what's next. And speaking of that, I've seen, like I looked at you and I did some research, right? So we dove right in, which I was happy about. We were having a great conversation before this anyway, so I knew that was going to happen. Um, but like you're doing textiles, plant hangers, uh, mandalas, You've got a YouTube channel where you're actually showing tutorials <laughs> and classes. And if I've got this correct, uh, correct, do you have a store now that you've actually opened up? So, okay, so no, we haven't opened the store. There was a new store um, a couple hours away from us that opened. They were wanting to bring in, uh, I think there's maybe 12 East Texas artists. Oh, wow. And so they asked us to be a part of that. And we have done... We've both done, me and Erica have both, whole, like we've done wholesale with other stores, but this was the first time that we actually set up like our own space. Like she made the table and then we, you know, she made all the ceramic dishes for it. I did all the table, like um, linens for it. So that's what that one is. Um, but yeah, it's been a really cool really awesome experience uh something really new for us so we enjoyed that a lot i think that um something that's really fascinating that i found that's happened to me and it seems like it's happening to you it's almost like when you get started and you are creating and you're doing it from a place of authenticity opportunities just seem to find you like if you just do it the right way do you feel like opportunities just continue to find you oh my gosh yes and that is so that's one thing that i think i I really had to learn is that because you know we can put so much pressure on ourselves of like oh we've got to do this and this and this and we've got to be here and we've got to make sure our name is here and our face is here but if it is meant for you i truly believe you cannot miss it i, I believe that you have to show up for yourself but the rest is left to what is meant for you it's going to happen for you so just like um the installation piece. It was a 250 foot square foot or 250 square foot installation that I got to do in somebody's home. That's how I That's how it. I ended up finding you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So that it's insane. Um Erica was going to be a vendor at Magnolia earlier this year. So we go and we're working her booth and Jonathan and Catherine walk up and they're looking for mugs. We get started talking. We become Instagram friends. That's it. And then one day I wake up and I had this crazy idea of this piece that I was like, I just, I just want to try this out. I haven't seen this before, um, but I'm just going to take a couple of hours to get completely off of my to-do list and I'm just going to try this piece out. And so that's what I did. I made the piece, took a picture on Instagram, or took a picture, put it on Instagram, and she messages me like the next day and she was like, hey, I have this behemoth of an idea. I love this piece. What if you come put this on my 250 square foot wall? And I was like, 
holy cow, let's do this. Yeah. That sounds so scary. I'm there. And that's how it happened. But it's one of those things that I'm like, I, I didn't do anything to get that. I made the piece that I felt like I was supposed to make. I, I feel like we don't um, always realize that those ideas we get, those are coming from somewhere. Exactly. Like, you didn't necessarily just come up with that. Like you're given that idea. And now the only thing you can do is either waste it and not use it, or you can just use it and see what happens. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's exactly how that happens. So yes, I believe that it is, it, it's going to happen for you. Like you can't, sometimes you got to let go yes. to let other things be in control. So part of my yoga journey and like stepping into mindfulness has been that ideas will come and ideas will go. Right. But to your point, mm -hmm. not only will they come and go, you'll, it's almost like once you get started and you're building out something, you're doing something creative or you're doing something that just fits into your soul, whether that's exercise, whatever the case may be, you'll have these ideas that come and go. You have to let them, you have to let them come, let them go do whatever, but you're going to know. That there's going to be, right. there's like, I don't know how to describe it, but there's this feeling that you get when you've got to continue yes. with it. I don't know how to describe it. Though. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and no, it's so true because there are, and there have been a million little sketches I've made that I've never done anything with. And I'm okay with being like, well, those just weren't, those just weren't meant for me. Like I wasn't meant to follow after them. Otherwise I would have followed after them. Yep. But the ones that that are meant for me are the ones you don't stop thinking about that whatever reason you're like, okay, I have 900 things to do today, but I'm not going to do any of those because I need to do this one thing. So yeah, absolutely. I've joked about that. And uh, I, I even put it on um, my, my page at one point, like, yeah, I've, I'm going to work on this one idea, even though I haven't finished these 20 others. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. But you know what it is, though? I, I What I've come to realize when you talk about the season of life and getting to a certain point, there is something about like just starting the idea and then coming back to it. Because when you talk about being in yeah. a different season, you just might not have you might not have it yet. You might not have right. the, the the other pieces of it. You're a few years away from the other pieces of it, but you're getting there. Exactly. So like start it and then move forward. Do something that you can do right now. Exactly. Well, and no, I mean, to that, there are so many things that I'm like, man, had that gone on my timeline, I would not have been ready for that moment yet. Like I, there was still so much growing and so much seeing and learning that I needed to do before I could have made this piece what it was meant to be. Yeah. So a hundred percent, like start it, walk away from it and then let it be when it's ready to be. Exactly. I think that that is the right way to go about it. Um, something else that really like sparked my thought process, right? Just as some, I'm a really big process person, right? I love process. I love the idea of like shooting in the gym. And we already talked about like, oh, you know, just work on something repetitively and see where it gets you. I want to know for like your, your plant hangers or for uh, a Mandela, um, what's like the timeline for you to build these things? Like how long does it take you for like, let's say planter 16 by 16, how long do you think it would take you to actually make that? Cause I want people to like see what goes into this to understand that there's a lot more value than I think, I think artists understand it, but sometimes I think the yeah. average person is like, Oh, I think that's too much. And it's like, Oh, you, 
you're, you're, yeah. uh, you're you don't know what you're paying for. <laughs> exactly. No, you sometimes they really don't. Um, but no, okay, for planners. I mean, it really depends. If we're just talking about one of my, um, I mean, I hate to call anything basic, but just my simple, like the more simple designs that if it's like something I've done a million times from beginning preparation, like we're talking about cutting that first piece of rope until you are like trimming the last little thing. Um, I'm going to not, I love to say that things take me less time than they do, <laughs> but I would say if I'm being completely honest, that is at least, two, if, again, simple, more simple design. We're looking about like two hour process. Now, if you get into the long ones, um, like there, I don't know if you've seen the one Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the one that's in, we actually have one in our room that is, oh, it's one of my favorite ones I've ever done but it's very long and it's got like this handmade ceramic um, tube bead on it and it like spirals oh, and then beautiful. it just kind of shoots down. It's, oh, I love it. It's incredible. But then we're getting more into, honestly, it's like a half a day thing. I kind of right? And, and yep. another thing, when I, with my plant hangers, um, I, but even with my plant hangers, I don't, necessarily love to go into things with a plan. I like to start out with, okay, maybe kind of an idea of what I'm going to want to do, but I'm going to get halfway into it and be like, oh no, I don't want to, like, I'm going to completely change yeah, I the try direction something else. I'm going because it's not what I'm feeling anymore. Yep. And so I am very big on like, okay, I'm going to step back for a minute. I'm going to look this over. I'm going to try this knot. I'm going to take this knot back out. Yep. I'm going to walk away for a second. I don't like to rush the process at all. This piece, there's a piece behind me actually that is massive. It is a massive piece and I've been working on it for weeks because it is just the same knot again and again and again. And it has been a piece. I also just have other things going on right now that I'm working on, but it is one of those ones that is so repetitive and I want to, I truly believe that like your pieces, they hold whatever you're putting into them, like yeah. whatever thoughts I'm processing, whatever yeah. that intention is. So if I get tired, then I need to walk away from yep. it because I mean, sure you get tired sometimes while you're working, but if I'm like at that point where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just trying to finish this. Then that's no longer holding everything that I'm trying to put into it. So I will definitely allow a piece to take as long as it needs to take in order for it to be all the love that I want to go into that piece. Or, I mean, there's, I, I can't say that every piece is just um, a thought process of love. There are, especially in the beginning of macrame, this is such a place of therapy for me that I process good and bad things all the time during this. And so there have been so many pieces that I may have like a whole emotional, uh, bipolar episode of like happy sad yeah. just trying to like process everything but again i you know they the mandalas oh wow the mandalas are very much mandalas are more of a two-day process um because i like to break them down again once i'm exhausted i don't want to i don't want to put that into yeah, it anymore yeah. um and you really 
you work in phases. Like the whole from inner ring to outer ring is very much a, a process. And the, the cutting of all of the material, there is, I mean, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet of rope you're cutting and then getting that all organized. So really it can be more of a two and a half day process because I've learned that my brain works really well when I say, okay, this is prep. Okay, this is phase one. Okay, this is next day phase two. And then maybe on that final day is when I'm gonna go in and really clean everything up. Because I, and especially if you're gonna price your pieces for what they deserve to be worth, then the quality of it needs to match up to that as well. Um, so yeah, it is a much, that's longer. Oh, I figured. Then, you know. And that's why so what I wanted to showcase was like I've seen some of the larger pieces that you have. I've seen some of the smaller pieces that you have, and I'm just thinking to myself like, one, I can't do it. I mean, I yeah, could I, you know, could I do it? Yeah. But like, I'm not going to try to do it. Um right. and other people uh who look at artists and I've just seen it happen even when I'm pricing photos for prints and stuff like that. Um it's not just the time that you put in for that particular item. It's all the time that you've put in. It's the time exactly. learning how to do it before you even did your mm-hmm. first one all the way to the one that you're working on there. So I just like to make sure that people understand when they're looking at art, uh, especially for the people who listen, who are artists and creatives, we see you, we understand how much work goes into your craft, regardless of what it is. So don't be afraid to price it appropriately because you it's not you're not just paying for that moment in time it doesn't matter if it takes me 30 minutes to edit a photo or it takes me two days and i have to come back to this whole entire shoot the i the price is the price because of all the work i put into prior and that's the same thing for when i see artists like yourself well and then also too like you're you're also paying for somebody's idea like that is their like that's their thought yeah. that was that they allowed to share with you. Yeah. They they're sharing these moments with you, like, and I feel for artists, it comes from such a vulnerable place yeah. to share some of these things. So, like, all of that goes into it. I I definitely think that that is probably one of the hardest things, and that was a very hard thing for me as an artist was understanding my worth mm, and yeah. charging accordingly. But the more, I don't know, I guess the more you start to like value yourself and realize like, wow, I'm not just making a piece. Like I'm literally sharing intimate parts of myself with people. Um, And like you said, I'm, this is moments that you don't even see that I failed and now I'm trying again or the pieces that like are my first piece. And so I'm literally learning. I have had pieces. There was one time me and Erica did a collaboration um, for a lady in Galveston who has bought a lot of our pieces. And it was the night before, and I was halfway done with this piece. And this piece had taken hours. And so it's the night before, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this like, this just isn't it. Like, this isn't what I was thinking of we were going to do. Like, this isn't going to work. Oh, so we had to completely take it all down. And within, you know, probably in 10 hours span, like knock it all back out. And it was fabulous. It's been, yes, it's always been one of my favorite pieces, but those are the things that you just don't see is that it doesn't, it wasn't just like, this is systematic and I'm just doing this. Like it's nothing like, no, there's so much 
behind the scenes. Um, yeah. That's why I think, and that's why, we're, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into the theme of motivation here, because um, that leads me perfectly into it. When you are looking at the work of someone, I think it's really vital to understand the artist and to really start to get to know them, and that leads me perfectly into motivation. So that's what we've been that's what we've been conquering this entire season, uh, and I will tell you you know, with various guests that I've had, my hypothesis was this, um, Kristen, and I want you to tell me your thought process here. The hypothesis was that action comes before motivation. Um, When I say that to you, what are your thoughts around that statement? Action comes first, motivation comes second. Okay. So I will agree with you sometimes. Oh, I like it. I like it. So there are... Okay, when I started my business, my motivation for this was that I had been living for so long. Like I like to say, I was living as a bystander in my own life. Mm. I was not actively choosing the direction I was going. I was really in this like place of everything was just happening and I was just there. And it was, okay, wake up today to get through the next day um, or to get to the next day. And the day that I became motivated to change my life and take control of my life and to just stop dreaming of these things and actually make those things happen, then I I took action. But throughout, ever since that, there are so many times where you lose motivation. Yeah, it happens it's a lot. It's just not, <laughs> yeah, it, like, I'm, it's not just a seasonal thing. Like, it happens yeah. often where you're like, no, I'm good, but you just have to, I mean, that's where it comes the the almost the start before you're ready. It's like, okay, yeah, I know that I don't feel motivation, but I'm going to go do it anyways. Um, last year, around Christmas time, I had zero want to do Christmas ornaments. I was like, no, I'm good. I've seen like every macrame ornament. That's just not going to be my thing. And then there was one of the wholesale or one of the, yeah, one of my wholesalers, um, like my suppliers, they were doing this little contest of like, oh, make some ornaments. And I was like, oh, okay, well, it is Christmas. <laughs> this is like, uh, this is my business. It is really smart as a business owner to follow holidays. Maybe season. I should jump on this. Was, yeah. yeah. It's like, let me try this. And I, it, it's to, you think it's just an ornament, but that was such an incredible process because I was like, okay, I've got to do something different. I am not motivated to make the same ornament that I see all the time. What am I going to make? And so I decided, well, why don't I take the big pieces that I've made and turn them into like a small scale piece? And so it was, I had to do it. I had to start it. I had to buy the rope that I had no idea what I was going to make out of (laughs) before any motivation came to actually create something that I love. They did amazing. I honestly don't know how I'm going to top them this year because I I think very highly of my last year's yeah. ornaments, obviously. No, but I think that, that that's right. a really good highlight, right? Because we think about, okay, so what happens when you lose the motivation? Sometimes it's just knowing that there is, there is good on the other side of resistance. And I feel like unless you have resistance, you're not actually growing. Like that, that resistance that you're feeling is because there's some level of comfort that you've reached. So you just feel like, 
okay, something is, there's something's got to give here. Either I need to step outside of my comfort zone or I need to do something a little bit different. So at this season of your life, what are some of the things that have been motivating you most starting a business, having all these other creative ventures? What's been keeping you going in that? And gosh, it definitely changes. Uh, it's funny to like look back over these past couple of years and be like, wow, motivations have changed so much. But honestly, okay, the two most consistent things I can say is number one, that want in the beginning to create a life that I hadn't seen. Like I wanted to be what I didn't necessarily have an example of. Um, and I wanted to see like, is this possible? Can I go from being in this place of just, I'm not, you know, I'm not going anywhere that I'm wanting to go and make that happen. Um, and so, so definitely a huge motivation was creating a life that I'm excited for that I, and not that it's easy by any means, no, absolutely no, not, not. Easy, but that I wake up and I'm like, wow, I get to live this day. Like I, there was such a long period of, being on the opposite end of that spectrum. And so now to be at this place where I'm like on fire to live, like I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to go when I'm supposed to, but if you could just let me stay here a little longer, <laughs> I have a little yeah, more than I'm exactly. trying to do. Yeah. Um, but so that's a huge one. And then also, and this goes into what you were saying uh, a minute ago, but so there was a book when I first started my business that I was reading called The Slight Edge. And if I could recommend any book to everyone in the world, it would be the slight edge. It's absolutely incredible. Um, but what he's talking about throughout the whole book is it's the little things that we do that we don't think anyone sees or that you don't get that immediate um, gratification of. But if you keep doing them and keep doing them, they add up. And then where you end up from all those little things that seem so in- insignificant is just so much bigger than what you ever thought. So I think the want to see where it can all go, you know, like if I just, if I just keep doing a little at a time, just the littlest things, like where's that going to take me? Like what's around the corner? I've already seen how differently my days get to be when I just, when I say yes to this Mm -hmm. or when I keep going when I'm tired or when I'm like, okay, like, we're just going to keep trying or I'm going to keep doing the scary things. And so if this is as good as it's gotten after what two years, I'm like, man, of course I'm going to keep going yeah. so I can see where it goes after this. I still feel like I'm so new in all of this and so just so young and to experience, I mean, to be sitting here on this podcast with you, like that's, that is incredible to me. Thank so, you. You know, it's just getting to learn who I am and like fall in love with who I am. Like those are things that I'm like, why would I stop? Like this, there. I know it only gets better from here. This is, this was so fun. And I, I had a feeling just from our brief conversations that we were going to connect in this way. Uh, I think that the people listening are going to get so much out of this conversation um, because of your honesty, your authenticity, the way that you approach things. This is why I love to bring other artists onto the show and get their perspective and to talk to them because you can give insights that I don't think 
everyone else can get. Can you, again, what was the book uh, that you provided out? Just so people, what was the name of that book again? The Slight Edge. Okay. And I cannot think of the author at this moment. Oh, I'll have it in the show notes. I will, don't you worry. I will make sure that it goes into the notes. So I really only have one other question for you then. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you, they want to tap into what you're doing? What are the best ways to get in contact with you? Um, So my Instagram is obviously probably like your best place. Um, And I, I love uh, one thing that especially Erica has taught me when it comes to Instagram is it is having your business on social media can be so much more than just posting this picture and like it is such a place to connect. So yes. like happily, let's connect. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear other thoughts, other ideas, like share your work with me. I love all of that. Um, and then also, so my Instagram is Kristen and underscore underscore underscore. And then my website is kristenandfibers.com. And I will have all these in the oh, show notes. Oh, and then notes. also my YouTube channel is Kristen and Fibers. That one's still newer to me. So <laughs> I forgot about that one for a moment. But yes, on my YouTube, that's where I've started doing my tutorials um, and just different little snips, tips that I want to share. And I have, uh, I'll have all this in the show notes for you. Uh, again, guys, you know where you can find us at it's underscore probably underscore the letter U on Instagram, as well as our website, www.itsprobablyyou.com. Kristen Ann, thank you so much for the time. It's been amazing to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me. I've absolutely loved this. This has been awesome. And we have, I already have ideas for collaborations in the future. That's the beauty of life. And for all of you listening, if at any point you felt guilty, well then, it's probably you. All right.